Welcome to to Amplify and Align. I am Michalina. And I'm Stacey. Why are we here? To break the rules, to share our wisdom and to disrupt an industry. We work with coaches, healers and leaders who are ready to turn their mission into a business that creates impact and freedom. Together, we bring over 20 years of experience to this space. I am the Amplify with proven systems and strategies to help you get your message out to the right audience. And I am the Align with processes and practices to help you through the inner shifts that become your external breakthroughs. We always joke that together we make the perfect coach. Which isn't surprising as we are sisters. So what can you expect from our podcast? The truth about the transformations needed to create your success. Soul-led strategies you can implement. And a sprinkle of astrology and spiritual strategy. And we're going to be pretty honest. We will be breaking down a lot of the truths and busting myths about the coaching industry. We want to invite you into the conversation with us. Are you ready to align your energies and amplify your success? Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Amplify and Align with both of us here today. We're excited. We are doing a shoot the shit episode again because we have so many different things we want to talk about. We have, as we probably told you guys before, we have a massive, massive database of so many different topics and trainings and things that we want to talk about on this podcast. But we we have these people, amazing people that we're going to interview, which is mostly what this episode is really about, let's be honest. Um, but we just wanted to really have a couple of episodes every now and then, it's a bit more casual, just inviting you in on a conversation. Um, em and I actually, we record all these episodes on, on a Monday morning. Usually we talk about 20 times over the weekend. Um we didn't actually talk this weekend at all. <laughs> so this will be an interesting episode to um, just catch up and, yeah, just shoot the shit together. Um, so happy Monday. Um, <laughs> how was your weekend? Happy Monday. Actually, we, we hardly talked at all last week. We were like separate entities just doing our own thing. It was actually really weird. So for those of you who haven't heard me say this before, Stace and I can have up to two-hour Zooms just talking and mm-hmm. exploring things that are happening and oh, we get into a bit of bitching, but let's be honest, we're all judgmental to some level. We compare stories, like we go deep in, we talk about a biz- bit of business in there, but yeah, there were no two-hour <laughs> Zooms last week. I don't think we made it past an hour once. Oh, once we did, once. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There were two calls last week of about 45 mm. minutes. <laughs> Yeah, no, so we didn't make it till now. There we go. <laughs> yeah, shorter than usual. Um, but, yeah, and this weekend it was just absolute mania here at our place. We had um, a massive chunk of our house knocked down last week and so I was busy just, well, yesterday we were just full on renovating and painting and, like, everything was happening and building and I have so much more stuff this week to do. Oh, my God, the builder's coming later today. and. <laughs> So the, the more he does, it means the more work I have to do as well, or Craig and I do. Um, and then we got plaster coming this week, and yeah, it's just it's been chaotic. So if I'm not in my office working, I yeah am out doing stuff, and my house is a disgrace. Like it is because we've lost um, two bedrooms to renovations at the moment, 
our laundry, our pantry. Um, so my dining room is kind of like a laundry central and we've got a big buffet in there full of all of our pantry stuff. And that, so that's kind of like everywhere. And then we've got furniture from the spare room and the Elliot's bedroom in our lounge room. So you can't really like relax anywhere at the moment because it's all just chaos. So, um, And then behind the second living room couch, her mattress is like propped up against the wall. So I'm just like, I'm not normally a person who gives a shit about how our house looks when visitors come but at the moment I'm just like yeah I don't want to, I don't want people coming <sighs> and Stace and I are complete opposites in every possible way and I bought a house a beautiful house it's already done that I didn't have to do a thing for it's got wooden floors it's got a bush lookout like that's my style that Taurus rising in me is like I want the most beautiful thing now I don't want to have to fuck around making that happen just give it to me now and that's what I did but my weekend wasn't that exciting. Yeah. I've got uh, two two men in the house playing soccer or football, depending on where you're at with naming that. Um, so that's busy. And we watched the Matildas game. Was that Friday or Saturday? I think that was Saturday night. So oh, it's just did. been all football, football, football. Yeah. All weekend. Yes, we watched it. Whew, I never used to be into sport Craig, we, we, at we all. Watch like, it. I'm an anti-sport person. Yeah. But, mm. but um, mm. yeah, that was te- intense. We've got a lot of women in this country celebrating what, right now that uh, these women are, have taken it from where they have. So go, go woman, woman power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Craig made me watch the replay of the penalty like shootout. Uh, you, I won't watch, you watch golf. So. Not, not on TV. Not. I, I'm one of those people I love watching sport in person. Um, but watching, like, I think the, the only sports I like watching on TV are baseball and ice hockey, because we don't have games here in Tasmania that you can go watch of those two sports. So I will watch those. That's it. Do you remember when we were kids? um, Um, our family owned the only ice skating rink in Tasmania, um, when we were little, actually they've only just recently really passed it on. Um, and you were like the most amazing figure skater. You were going to go to the yeah. Olympic glory and like you were going to the Tasmanian Institute yes. of Sport. Like everything was like laid out for you to be this amazing Olympian figure skater. And all I freaking wanted was to yep. play ice hockey. And I was told no, yep. no, no, no. And maybe that's why I got into roller derby <laughs> in the end. Um, maybe actually. But, yeah, maybe. I, but funnily enough. Hmm. Yeah, I just woke up one day and said, I'm not doing this anymore. And everyone was devastated. There was unexplainable. Mm. I just woke up. But that's what I do, that Aries, fire energy, stubborn, like once that decision's made, that's it. I just woke up and said, no, this isn't the path for me. Not doing it. We were like all set to go to Melbourne. I'm like, no, no, that's it. Not right. And that See, was, if you know, I was in that kids, I would have just been like, no. No, I would not let my kids mm. give up that dream. I'd just be, I'd be that mum that it just pushed them into it until they hated their life. Um, yes. But yeah, I can you can imagine now mom. though saying to, yeah, no, could you imagine now saying to a little girl or any sex that no, you can't play this sport because it's for boys or it's for girls? Like we live in a world now where that just doesn't happen, um, and it is like I guess part of that is inspirational with the Matildas. Um, 
you know, showing what women in sport can do. It's a great conversation. But yeah, I just remember being absolutely devastated and hating being a girl because I, when I wanted to play AFL at that point, couldn't because you couldn't even do uh, like school footy as a kid, a girl back in our day. Back in our day. Um, and, our day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just being devastated. <laughs> devastated about ice hockey and not being able to play ice hockey. So hmm, it's random, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm that atypical woman that way. I, yeah, I, we, we went down a different part. I remember having amazing days with you playing Barbies and like making up all these stories oh God, yeah. and, and things like that. But um, yeah, like we, we were quite creative together when it came to things like that. Um, I remember making the Barbies have oh sex, which <laughs> as all girls do. <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, you just brought on this oh, hilarious yes. memory. Oh my god, I have not, I have not thought about this since since obviously we were little. Do you remember those like packs of like fun kids cereal in like mini sizes that you used to get, and like they were like for rich people back in the day. We hardly ever got them. Like they were an insane treat with like cocoa pops and like. Um, What's uh, the yes. Frosty Flakes yes. ones and like Fruit Loops and all the name brand, like the mini packets. And they used to have the little boxes yes, that the had little boxes the little doors that opened on the front. Yeah. Oh, but they had the yeah, little doors. That. And yeah. we, used, yep. we used to put a pipe cleaner through the top with the doors that open and we used to make Barbie like wardrobes and stuff out of those. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I remember this. You just... Yeah, you're awakening some dormant part of my brain. I'm like, we did. I just I remember. Yeah, I had this flash of this memory of us sitting there making all this furniture for our Barbies out of recycling, basically. Mm. You had the pony. I think I had a Barbie house. You had the camper van. I was very, very upset that you got the camper van, but I got something else. Oh. can't remember. Yeah, which, no, I remember Christmas Day. <laughs> And my impatience comes from our mother, so we can bless her cotton socks for passing that on to me. I remember the Christmas morning that I got that camper van and mum was absolutely spitting it at dad. And like, because it came with the, like all the knives and forks and all these tiny little things were on this massive sheet and you had to twist, like they were all part of one big bit of plastic and you had to twist them all off. And it was taking dad so long and mum was cracking the shits and she was just like, why couldn't we have done this before? So she just woke up and blah, blah, blah. And now I realise that I'm traumatised by that apparently. This is just all coming to me now because I don't know if you remember, Em, I don't wrap Christmas presents from Santa. Well, I didn't, I didn't until last year. I never wrapped Santa's presents. I always had them unwrapped and set know. up ready to go. Like if they got something like a Barbie camper van, it would be all unwrapped and beautiful. So instantly as soon as they got up, they had a look, they could play with it instantly versus having to wait an hour and 45 minutes for it to be all unpackaged and all those little tiny like wire bits all unraveled and, and whatever because I think like I must have thought of that as a mum now thinking I remember back when mum cracked the shit to dad because it took him so long to unpack this Barbie camper van how funny is that I hadn't thought about that 
just be careful because someone's going to diagnose you with complex trauma and that's going to follow you for the rest of your life. So no, yeah. oh, no just doubt. be aware I, of yeah, the no. diagnosis thing. Craig, <laughs> Craig always laughs at me. Um, I have a thing for like bikey men and Craig always goes, oh, I, he holds me back whenever someone on a Harley goes past. He goes, daddy trauma, daddy trauma, hold her back. <laughs> like it's, it's a bit of a joke in our house. Well, it's not just daddy. Do you remember mum got into a group of men who rode Harleys everywhere and she cut her hair really short oh, yeah. and dyed it blonde and made it sparkly? And yeah, that's that might be where that a bit of that's coming from. All this trauma that's being uprooted right now. But I don't remember that incident oh, with yeah. the, the camper van. No, that's don't have that one. Mm. <laughs> I do. Um, actually, it also reminds me of, do you remember... At the end of the hallway when we were little at Chippendale Street, our old, like our first home, and there was the shelves of glory where mum had all of like the special stuff, like all of the christening stuff mm. and like special glass ornaments. And and I tried to climb up one day and I can't remember what. You egged me on and you were like, you're smaller. You crawl up and get it. And you made me crawl and I, I was climbing up and apparently. Yeah, mum must have complicated. So mum must have confiscated something and put it up there thinking that we weren't going to. Because I remember this as well and I got to destroy something of yours (laughs) because you smashed something of mine. (laughs) I remember that very clearly. (laughs) I don't remember that. But I just remember climbing up and when I got to a certain like one and it was just above my head and I pulled like as if I was ready to climb up to the next level shelf and it wasn't attached. It was just sitting on those little like shelf pegs and I pulled yeah. it and I just went in my mind, obviously I was little, would have been another word, but I just remember that feeling of, oh, fuck, I'm dead. And the whole shelf and everything just came <laughs> down and smashed everywhere. Um, yeah. And I remember all of our just like, stuff. Oh. All of- yeah. I just, I don't, like, hmm. Do you no remember the It made me go up and get it yeah I do yeah well I I was a bit devious like that I have a feeling but I've still got the bunnikin set and the broken one that was glued back together I've still got that do you <laughs> yes there you I go. do yeah mm-hmm. um and I remember like like I don't know just another trauma of something breaking on a shelf I don't know where this memory is coming from but I remember my rat Demeter um, I was doing a photo shoot on mum's crystal cabinet one day with my rat and she just like full on looked at me like a cheeky little bitch that she was. I love rats. And she just went Poof, and like pushed one of mum's crystal wands off the the shelf and it broke. And I remember just sitting it back on the shelf and no shit. It was like three or four years later, mum went to dust it finally we don't you know between us we know that story and uh she was like oh my god this is broken who did this and I was just like oh yeah that was Demeter the rat that was so long ago um and I was expecting her to not be mad and she didn't believe me that the rat threw it off and two that yeah it was um so long ago when she hadn't noticed but I'm just like you know you haven't dusted it in that long that's that's why (sighs) oh there's so many things I could say to that but I'm just not gonna go there on this podcast Mm. no no. but um you know speaking of Barbies and stuff and feminine power and all that stuff before like I get into the actual shit I wanted to talk to you about that came up over the weekend um 
I was made to go see Barbie. I vowed as soon as the previews came out that I did not want to go see this movie. I was just like, one, it's just not my thing. Like, obviously, I'm not a pink glitzy Barbie kind of human anymore. Uh, used to be when I was a kid. Um, and two, I just thought, like, it was so political that I was just like, I just don't want to get into the conversation. I don't want to, like, ugh. I already um, so, yeah. I already imagined <laughs> it would be. Yeah. And I was so excited to just skip over it all together and just like hope the kids wouldn't make me go see it, that we could just wait until it came out on Telstra box office and I could just put it on for them and walk away and like, you know, make them watch it themselves. Anyway, unfortunately, Kenzie got invited by a friend to go and then Elliot was all devastated that she was left out. And so she was like, mom, can you please take me? And I'm like, can't you ask some friends if you can go in with them? Like thinking, okay, you know, it's like two and a bit hours of me being in physical pain trying to sit through this movie. And I even tried to convince my almost nine-year-old to, instead of going to see Barbie, go see The Meg, the the sequel, the horror movie about the shark. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that'll be so much better. Uh, and she wouldn't go for it. She was like, I'll go see Meg with you another time, Mum, but I really want to go see Barbie. So we had to do the whole Barbie thing. She got the pink ice cream. She wore the pink sparkly cowboy hat and the sparkly shirt and got all dressed up and I took her along, me looking like Morticia Adams with this sparkly pink kid. And we went to see it. Like I actually think one of the only redeeming qualities about the entire movie, in my opinion, was like the soundtrack was pretty fun for kids. Um, but, yeah. I've got so much I, uh, to say on this topic. I, I just don't even know how we got from 30 years ago when that first wave of feminine was standing up against Barbie and saying this is not a representation of woman to being here today going Barbie how empowered she is like living the feminine stereotype how the fuck did we even get here I I just don't understand people's minds are so clouded that we're now celebrating something we work so hard to break free from anyway I'm not running I've got very strong opinions on this stuff I am not not getting this is why I think it's a good thing ridiculous oh, I, wanna, I do want to talk about it because I like I am a proud non-feminist because I do believe in the roles of female and male and I know that might upset some viewers and some listeners but I have very strong opinions about this as well not that I you know I'm very public about them but um, you know, we have a very balanced home with feminine and masculine and um, the way that the Barbie movie portrayed men as a whole I think was completely offensive and yep. I actually think it's probably the wrong message for my children to see that mm-hmm. And I know that there's a good part of it. It's like, yes, you're a woman, you can do whatever you want and you can have the Barbie dream house. You don't need a man to have the Barbie dream house. Like I love all of that stuff. But the way they actually made the men like just like ridiculous, like um, right. <laughs> just, yep, I don't, you nice. haven't seen it. So um, I'm sure you've seen enough of it. But no, I just, I've seen I enough. I've seen clips. Bad. I've seen I've, I've seen enough because I wanted to go out and I wanted to seek out opinions on it. And um, I've seen enough people commenting on it and bringing some clips through and just that the it was counted that the word patriarchy was used over 10 times 
And, and that was, I mean, I had a feeling I've got pretty good instincts when it comes to these sort of things and public agendas and stuff, political agendas as well. Um, but yeah, when I, when I read that, uh, the word patriarchy was used over 10 times, like I fucking knew it. I freaking knew it. It was a raging feminist that created this, trying to indoctrinate this idea of patriarchy into us. As you know, you can hear everyone. I've got very strong opinions on what women's empowerment actually is, and it's not what we're being sold right now. Yeah. And I just hate this idea like when they went to the real world, it's all man driven and blah. There's a reason why men are the leaders of the countries and why they lead these big corporations. It's because women throughout history, there's been only a handful that really cared, but most of them just didn't give a shit because we're naturally born and bred to be maternal mothering beings who actually couldn't care less about careers and all of that stuff. It's not that we're brainwashed, but anyway, like, if you have your own opinions, please join well, Spiritual Business Alchemy and have that conversation with us because I'm not closed-minded. Yeah. Yes, I do yeah, want to have an honest conversation and I love being challenged. But, um, yeah, I, I honestly, I, anyone who says they enjoy that movie, I'm like, well, even without the political stuff, it was the most lame, poorly acted, ridiculously over-the-top gag fest that I've ever watched in my entire life. Like, it was so bad. So bad, and I'm glad my kids I just, enjoyed I, it. I, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I'm seeing an incredible wave of women coming out onto their social media channels right now and saying that they're done with the boss babe, they're letting go of what they've convinced the world they need to be, and they're going to be staying at home, loving on their children, focusing on their family. So, I'm actually seeing a significant shift now. Just a disclaimer Ooh, I'm not yeah. that person, I'm not maternal. I'm I'm not someone who ever was really driven to have kids. It's just one of those things I woke up one day and said, it's time to have a baby. I think my soul went, if you don't do this now, it's never going to happen. So that's what happened. I, I'm not that person who's going to settle in and just look after my family. But I also highly, highly, highly value. I'm in awe of those women who dedicate their lives. And I don't understand why we are unconsciously saying that's not a good enough job Women shouldn't be reduced to being mothers when that's actually the most special role in the world. I recognize that. I wish that I was more maternal. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, why are we reducing the beauty and the power and how important that is by saying we're not enough by doing this, that constant messaging? So I'm loving seeing women shift back into that space where they're actually recognising, you know what, this is my most important job, what I was brought here on this earth to do. That's not saying they're giving up their businesses. They're, they're just shifting the dynamic from I have to be a multi-million dollar CEO or entrepreneur to I'm giving this time to my family. So I admire anyone who's breaking through the BS that's happening in society right now and recognising that they actually want something else. So all the power, like mothers, mm. as I said, I wish I was more maternal. I wish I could be like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not going to try and be something I'm not. And I think a lot of people have forgotten who they want to be under the, the pressures of society and even business. Mm. Anyway, there's my, yeah. there's my outburst on that one. No. I have a lot to say about it. It's this, a really good conversation to have. Yeah. I've been noticing mm. a lot of women have been 
backpedaling. There's been quite a few TikTok creators even coming out lately and saying like they're, you know, passing their business on to, you know, managers so that they can step back into their maternal role and, you know, they've still got their business but they're just allowing other people to do all the, you know, the the tough stuff every day so that they can step back and just, yeah, manage it from a distance. And I, I love that. I think it's beautiful. And, yeah, we don't have to be maternal. Um, I am you know, a proud, proud mum. And I love my role as a, a a guide, a spiritual guide to these beautiful humans that we've brought into this world. Um, I didn't want to be a mum with my ex-husband. I did not see us a future with kids. We had a dog. That was enough. I was fulfilled. But it was so funny when Craig and I were together and something just clicked in me and I'm like, I actually love this person so much that I do want to create humans with you. It was such a weird thing, but like my life had gone in. It was like a sliding doors moment. Do you remember you came over to visit Alex? So I think it was about nine months old and you went home and yeah, like I need to have a baby soon after that. So I think that kind of opened something up. (laughs) No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't me with the timeline. I was just, we had that conversation and I said to to Craig, I said, you know, like, you know, I've always said that I didn't want kids, but how would you feel about having kids? And he was like, well, I am older than you, a fair bit older than you. So if you want to do it, we need to do it sooner rather than later. And Bob's your uncle and yeah, everything. Yeah. Woo, we have two beautiful kids. Um, but I, I, how many yeah, months I apart don't... are they? You have like two in. Didn't you have like two in um, two years? Well, or... we. We tried to get them as close together as possible, but I was breastfeeding. Yeah, so, you know, as a, a woman, you know that, mate. It's a natural contraceptive for most people. Some people it doesn't work for. For me it did, unfortunately. Um, and so they are 17 months apart. So a little bit over a year, um, year and a half. But, yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. They're best friends and, like, so yeah, they're, they're great together. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way except for maybe have them closer. <laughs> And I had a horrendous time as a mother, like one and done. I, my, my little boy didn't sleep all the way through for five years. We just had struggle after struggle. My husband was in the Navy and he missed over two years of Alex's first three in time equivalency. So yeah, I just, I, I wasn't brought here to, to thrive as a mother. I've found it one of the hardest things I've had to do so for anyone out mm. there who has felt like that like I didn't bond with Alex everything about it was just hard for me not hard in a good way hard in a my whole entire soul was being sucked out of my body hard so um I I'm gl- mm. I, I would never ever change it but sometimes yeah my husband and I joke oh, why the fuck would you have kids <laughs> because it can get so hard especially when you're building businesses and yeah actually yeah we were unloading stuff off the trailer yesterday and um Craig actually said that because we didn't have our kids yesterday they were off with a friend having a date um and yeah Craig's like why do people have kids look at how much shit we got done today without having the kids (laughs) I'm just like come on we love them it is nice to have a day without them around because you get to do so much stuff but we even took molly to bunnings with us yesterday it was just like kid free you know (laughs) take the dog to bunnings and um yeah we had a good day but um yeah leading into that is like i don't identify into the entrepreneur world of being labeled as a mum though 
Um, I had no, someone actually not. recently who has been in my world for a while, like say, oh, you don't really like mention your kids. You don't really identify as a mom and all of that. So I'm just like, because you're in my business world primarily and I'm not a mumpreneur. I am not a boss mom, like all of that shit. I fucking cannot stand it. Um, and so, yeah, I don't identify as a mom as part of like my brand or anything like that because I am so much more than a mom and the mom role is just part of my world. It's yeah, but I I do, I feel sorry for people. And I know a lot of women like that who have lost their hobbies, they've lost their identity. They have nothing outside of their, you know, being a wife and being a mom. And I, I actually find it really difficult. Craig always laughs when they come over and they try and like, I love them, but it's hard to have a conversation with a woman whose stress of the day is whether it's going to rain or not. And if they can get their clothes off the clothesline in time. Like, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a struggle, right? Like it's hard to have a conversation on surface level, things like that with those people. But um, yeah, it's, it's important to have our own identities outside of being a mom um and that will make i think everything in your life so much stronger yeah i think when we go into business there's this pressure on having to divulge everything about your life and that you have one role and that role is spreads across everything like your identity that one identity spreads across everything but this isn't absolutely true like you will see me a different role of me, a different layer of me in my business versus what I am in the private space of my bedroom at home. And thank fuck for that. Like there's part of our lives that are so intimate that we don't need to show the world, that we shouldn't show the world. There's so much pressure. I think other people want to be validated in their experience. And so they're calling everyone to show this part of themselves. I'm like, no, no, this is private. It's sacred. This belongs to those Mm. who are in my intimate circle and who can hold the energy of this. Only you get to see me this way. So I think, yeah, that whole vulnerability movement and be all of who you are, you don't need to show the world everything. There are barriers, no, filters. I mean, glimpses of you, different parts of you will come through. But, yeah, you don't need to be everything in front of a million eyes. It, it doesn't work like that. You can't hold that anyway. Yeah. I know we've talked a fair bit before, not on the podcast, just privately, about women who, um, you know, have these boudoir shoots um, and share them in this entrepreneurial group that we're in. It's like they're all empowered and it's amazing. And I love boudoir shoots. I used to actually have my own photography studio and I did them and I loved doing them and and seeing women love their bodies and all of that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, we see them pop up in these entrepreneur groups of like, them in very, you know, interesting positions in lingerie talking about how empowered they feel and how it's changing their perspective. And I'm just like, oh, like I don't need to see that. Your husband can. But I have a question. I don't want to see her popping up in my feed. I have a question about this um, because I, <laughs> I, I, I want you to ask yourself, if you feel so empowered, why do you have to keep telling the world about it? Free people just are. Empowered people just are. You don't need to go out there and put things out there that try and convince others because you're convincing yourself. 
I, I was watching a clip by Vusi Thambakwayo, who uh, is a South African man, very, very successful. And he said, he said the same thing. People who are free don't need to fight or convince anyone. They just live it. So I, I, I'm very much about self-reflection, self-awareness, confronting parts of ourselves that aren't actually supporting us move forward, that aren't true to who we are and our desires and how we want to be seen. So it's asking yourself this question, is this how I want to show up? Is this who I want to be? Is this a true reflection of my uh, vision for my life and the world? And get out of that cycle of I'm so empowered, aren't I? Believe me, just fucking be it and that comes to what we're actually going to talk about today Stace it's like you don't need to talk about how much money you make all the time and talk about Um, how big your offers are and how many people you've got in the containers because when you live it and radiate it people it's not even about belief people feel you they admire you they're Mm. so in sync with you and what you want without you having to say a freaking word about it and that's that captivation, that authentic captivation, not trying to convince people. Yeah. So check in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's taken, us, all the time. it's taken us 31 <laughs> minutes of shooting the shit to get to the point of today. <laughs> sorry, I'm so <laughs> I've had fun talking about all this stuff and I'm glad you're still listening and watching along with us. Um, but, yeah, there was something that popped up. So we had someone who is not really connected in our world, but we're connected kind of through a, like an entrepreneurial group on Facebook. And they had actually um, asked about being a guest on this podcast and um, which, you know, I'll talk about some other stuff as well about some guests that are coming up and whatnot and how, you know, processing through this stuff. Um, but my immediate reaction and, I'm being overdramatic because, you know, but this was literally my reaction was <laughs> like I actually physically wanted to throw up because when I see this person's face, when I see their name, when people tag them in stuff, I just honestly, I wonder how fucking stupid people are or if it's just me with my crazy memory because I do have a good memory. Um, that I just remember the bullshit. And I just want to say, I'm probably going to do a post about this this week. So, you know, you'll probably have heard this before this comes out. Well, you definitely will. Um, Is that if you cannot keep your lies fucking straight on social media, stop making claims about how much you earn and who you're working with and what's happening in your business. If you cannot keep your shit straight, keep it off social media. This particular person went on to say how big their email list is and like, you know, how connected we can be in their communities and blah, 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 blah. it was a whole big spiel. Um, em and I had actually discussed this person in private previously because of the bullshit that they're putting out there on social media. You know, they're running something like 50-something ads at any one time and they're not getting any engagement in their ads and they're continuously changing their ads, which, you know, as someone who works in digital marketing, if you're changing your ads frequently, they're not working. So, you know, be that, take from that whatever you want. Um, But this particular person has posted in different groups that I'm in, which is why I 
like I'm saying, like their bullshit is so transparent when you're in different groups and they're not like they don't realise that they probably have an audience that's the same in several different groups. Their lies in each different group are different. So this person had posted recently that they have hit multiple seven figures this year alone and this morning they posted in an entrepreneurial group and this is the person who, you know, we're looking at that the too. podcast. They posted in an a group this morning saying that they're not hitting their goal. They're 500,000 behind where they are. So they've only just hit um, not even seven figures or something. Oh, they've only hit five. Yeah, you saw the post. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah I, I hadn't shared that with you yet. Yeah, I almost um, screenshotted it and sent and, it to you. <laughs> well, I actually, oh, I, I didn't screenshot it. Um, <laughs> like, I. <laughs> I'm just amazed that this person cannot keep their shit straight. Like in that same group, if you click on her name, you can see all the posts that she's written previously where she's apparently hit over $1 million in, well, I was thinking like February or something. Woo, we've hit. Um, This person has also posted that they have 10 employees and they have a building where they run their business through like an actual legit commercial place which wouldn't be cheap you know we're, we're talking like most places I mean they're not in Australia but you know in Australia you're looking at minimum 30 grand a year for a commercial space um and so like I'm just like that plus 10 employees and you're saying you've hit 500,000 this year the numbers ain't math and that's not good if you're only hitting 500,000 well, in August not good do you remember this person has also claimed that they do organic as well, organic marketing? They don't use ads. Oh, and then yeah. you went in because somehow, I don't know how, I don't know how this all, all this shit works. Stacey went in and checked and she's got like 30 ads running. She came back to me and said, I'm like, what a joke. How full of shit can you be that you're actually going out there and claiming you do organic marketing when apparently anyone can get on and look at this themselves? I'm like, what? Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I don't. Yeah, it's just, it. it's just the Facebook ads library. It's, it's public. You can look up anyone's ads in any country. You can see, you know, you can't see all the the data behind the ads, but you can see how it runs. You can see how long the ads have been running for, and that's like, you know, someone in the industry. You know, when you look at a company's ads and it's been running for months and months and months, you know, they're fucking making good money from that ad because they wouldn't be, you know, running those ads without you know, that happening. And so like, oh, I just thought when I saw that pop up and like you messaged me and on the weekend, I hadn't even got back to you because I've been so freaking busy. And um, I keep my WhatsApp off my phone on the weekends um, just because of clients and stuff. I just don't look at anything. I need to set that boundary. And so I didn't really look at that um, until this morning. And I just thought, what a load of shit. Like, or like, I can't believe how out of integrity this human is and I will never have anyone like that on this podcast or in our world. I wouldn't want to show up in her space because, like, I am not someone who's going to, you know, talk about numbers, normally not publicly anyway because I just find it's, like, a load of shit. Um, but I'm not going to overinflate numbers to try and entice people into my programs and and things like that. Like, I just – it's so disgusting. And so for anyone who is going to interview this person, like, 
yay, props to you, but anything that's going to come out of her mouth in that interview is just going to be full of shit. How can you trust anything that someone who just continuously lies on social media, how can you trust anything they say? Like, it's just gross. Um, And I just... just about the trust. Yeah, it's like if you get to a certain point or you say you're at a certain point in business and you can say, I help people with this, but you haven't even gotten there yourself, not authentically, you can't take people through that transformational process. Like, It's not just the deception itself that bothers me. It's the way people are getting caught up in that deception, like paying this money for her to do these things she hasn't fucking done herself. And that's just, that's even worse but than coming honest, out of she's a program and then... Mm. I mean, uh, I just think also the numbers aren't mathing like there's a whole bunch of stuff like it's a complex part of her business and she could be making fucking excellent money for all I know but I'm looking at her products and they're all like there's nothing that I've seen that's over 1500 US dollars um and even like her done for you packages and stuff that she offers aren't that expensive like um I'm more expensive than her (laughs) like I'm looking at it going like wow, you, your team of 10 must be really fucking busy if that's what you're charging and you're telling us that you're earning this money. And it's also you're not actually telling us whether that is like actual just revenue or if that's cash, like after you've paid tax, your employees, your rent, all your outgoings, all of that stuff, like give us a realistic portrait of how how that actually looks. And I get, like, I've been called a downer, you know, by clients before when they've said, oh, you know, I really want to hit 10K months. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you hit 10K months. In reality, that's 5K because you'll be paying tax. You're in a different tax bracket. You're paying GST. You've got some outgoings on top of that. 10k months are really 5k months and I am always like been told like oh it's so depressing when we talk about that with you because you bring us into reality I'm like well that's the fucking reality of unless you're going to move to Dubai or somewhere like that where it's tax-free and you don't have to fucking pay all this shit like contemplated it I had that discussion with Craig previously but we (laughs) tax is something to be aware of I mean I Oh, yeah. I've paid, I think my biggest year in tax was like $280,000 a year, but you've got to be realistic about it. You can't get to the end of the the 12 months and go, oh, I owe $50,000 in GST and taxes and whoa, it's like be really intelligent about what's coming in and be honest with yourself and your audience Mm -hmm. because tax is really important. Just to throw that in there for those of you who are on this path, start putting money away for tax now. Mm. Anyway, yeah, because yeah, um, I mean, and there was also someone I'm um, getting a three hundred thousand dollar tax bill. Yeah. Um, people actually stop growing their business because they don't want to pay tax, which I don't fucking understand. But it's about being prepared and empowered, and actually being honest with your audience. Bringing back to that. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, um, but also I loved it recently. Um, another coach. Um, and digital marketer in my world. Um, I had a friend request from this coach and she was kind of giving me the shits, but I've just left her in my feed because it's entertaining. Like I'm, you know, have no connection with this person. They've never tried to sell me, not even replied to any, like anything I've done. Like that when it's just one of those people that I'm just going to have to get rid of anyway. But um, this coach actually called them out publicly on another post 
um, and said that this person is like not that they, they didn't name this person, but because of the clues that were in the identifying points, if you are actually friends or you follow this person, you know exactly who it is because they did it really smart. Um, and uh, yeah, they actually had said like she is completely full of shit and it's so um, misleading for her audience for all these inflated numbers and all of this stuff that she's saying on social media when the reality of it does not look like that at all. And this person had worked with her um, and they had said to her that you need to overinflate your numbers. You need to be doing this, all this bullshit to grow your business. And so she's actually coaching other people to be disingenuous, to actually lie, like just blatantly lie. And that's part of her, her whole business. And another thing was like, um, if you're actually in conversation with her about her services, that it's X amount of dollars. But when she posts about it um, as if she's the most successful coach in the world, um, she says it's like 20K for this one product, which, you know, a normal person would only be charging like 10% of that or, you know, ish. Um, and apparently if you are actually working with her, she doesn't charge that rate at all, like not even close. But publicly she's saying like this is how much she's charging people and she's got all these clients coming in where this person's actually worked with her and in another capacity and she's just like it's just so full of shit and I'm so sick of it and I'm, I'm proud that they didn't like name this person but I knew exactly who they were talking about because of these little identifiers that they use throughout the the event I suppose um but, you know, even a client that I worked with who I fired because she was just full of shit and kept lying constantly to her audience and um, she posted recently on Instagram about being real about your numbers and talking about cash months and all this. Sh and I'm just like, what the f and like all these people are celebrating her honesty on this content and I'm just like, the reason I fired you was because you lied through your ass. You're actually earning less a month than you were paying me and that's where I got to the point where I was just like how are you like how are you paying me for starters when you're earning less than what I'm charging you and you've got all of these other expenses and she was paying tens of thousands for these co other coaches and programs and things and I'm just like it's ridiculous and then she posted this thing on Instagram and I'm just like wow like good for you for like calling out the industry but you are the worst at this particular thing she was lying about how much money she was bringing in let alone that you know she was saying like oh it's been you know fifty thousand dollar week and blah 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 when she hadn't even made five hundred dollars and there were no payment plans or anything to back that up like it was insane, but there are so many coaches out there telling you to inflate that. So you look more successful so you can sell more coaching. And that's why it is a pyramid scheme in most cases. I know we talked about that just before we jumped on the call. Yeah, I think this is where the coaching industry is going to start falling apart and the lack of authenticity. I saw someone on a post uh, share that uh, the AI movement is actually going to um, to push out those who are just going and regurgitating content and those who have nothing genuine to offer. And when I say genuine, I'm not questioning your passion, your vision, but it's like when you go out there, you need to be absolutely convicted that you can guide people into a transformation, that you know you can bring 
a different perspective, an elevated view, something you've evolved and adapted and changed and learnt through a very dedicated process of working with your clients. Everything else is just uh, regurgitated. It's, it's just the same shit. And you can get that stuff on AI and it is going to push out those who aren't bringing their true selves and their soul through into their work. So be prepared for that. Be ready to actually start doing the work of forming your own opinions, your own perspectives, actually making the money that you say you are or that you want to, and then take that out into the world in the most beautiful package that is different from everybody else's. Mm. Be real. And you know what? I See, I'm a reality junkie and I love authenticity. Anything, any like hypocrisy, anyone who contradicts themselves, like they're immediately, I I push them out of my field in a way. From a professional oh, perspective, yeah. it doesn't mean I don't necessarily like them, but I'm just, I'm not going to engage with them on a professional level. And it, they have uh, detracted from how much respect I have for them. I'm probably being quite gentle there. That is a huge mm. one for me. Anyway. No, no. Transparency mm. and integrity are a huge part of my value set that I am, that's a whole part of my brand. And that's why I like talking about this stuff because, um, you know, when I'm doing branding with a client, one of those things is identifying what values that you stand for and how you're actually going to show that in your content. And I am very strong with that. And that's why we talk about this stuff because it's such a, a strong value of mine and I do show it in my content. And, you know, it, it also brings the truth seekers out and you know like I'm a bit of a like an internet sleuth and like I like being a private investigator on the the Google and like digging through stuff to find the truth and I would know we talked about that before with the coach that I I almost employed and then like I mean he's just gone on this crazy like I'm so glad that I didn't because I found out all the, the shit. But then like his whole business framework has changed and he's gone through this complete mental breakdown by the look of it, by his content and stuff. And like he's just gone a bit wacko, um, which is great for him. Like, yeah, you go out in the bush and paint yourself with mud and, and yeah. Um, but, you know, it just it ch he changed his whole personality overnight by the look of it um, and obviously still had content scheduled from when he was a bro marketing kind of corporate -y guy and it started weaving into the hippy dippy stuff and it was just a bit, ugh. anyway, brand trust and all that, you need to keep it consistent theme and message to your branding but that's a whole other story um but yeah I love finding out the truth and when I feel like there's any sense of disconnect like there was one person I blurred out their name and I screenshot an ad that came up on Instagram and I posted in spiritual business alchemy and we had good conversations in the comments about how you feel when someone markets to you like this particular way. And obviously I'm calling out a lot of marketers. I'm going to do a lot more of this, the screenshots and actually calling out bullshit that I see in the industry, because I feel like when there's a visual <laughs> pairing to it, it makes way more sense. And it brings awareness to people that they are being manipulated. And there are so many disgusting tactics used by people in service-based business online that, you know, the more I bring awareness to it, the more we can shed that shit from our industry. Um, but I posted this person's ad and part of that ad was just like the only reason I take on new projects and clients. I'm just 
this is not verbatim here because I can't remember exactly what it said, but the, the line was pretty much like only take on new products or launch new things when I need cash injections. And like this yeah. is an ad for her telling you how to have 100k months or some bullshit like that, this product that she sells. Um, you commented on it, Em, I think as well. And yeah, like, she was talking about how as a consumer. Yeah, she, Sorry, a bit choppy Go, coming yeah, through, yeah. so I don't, yeah, I'm not, I think I'll talk about no, it. Okay. Yeah, she was talking about how she basically can't be bothered doing live launches anymore. She just shows up when she feels like it and that's how she makes some money. And it just came across like, I don't give a fuck about you, my audience, those people who love me are in awe and want my medicine. It was like, yeah, I'm just going to show up when I feel like it. So, yeah, this is how I can help you make money. It's like, well, yeah, the, the, actual, the whole vibe was, yeah, like, yeah, I would pay her. The whole she's thing just going to show up when she feels like it. Oh, exactly. Like her, the actual term was that she was only doing for cash injections. Like that's actually the term that she used. So by you paying her to be part of her programs, you are nothing but a cash injection for this human. They are not doing it for any other purpose. And I find it so disgusting because her whole entire brand is about feminine leadership and feminine business and like yuck like and I clicked on her profile the other day because something else came up and I was like oh hang on yeah you're that person who I clicked I shared your ad and like I blurred out who it was but I actually um am quite disgusted by you and then she was recommended and then tagged herself and talked about her feminine leadership and stuff in the big group that we're in the entrepreneurial group with you know all those you know millionaires that keep boasting about their life um and I just I was like oh I didn't realize she was actually in a community that we're part of and I'm like oh that's it. that's so funny because now I can see your fucking content and I clicked on her name in the group and I saw what she was posting and I'm just totally turned off by this human which is fine because obviously I'm not meant to work with her but the more I want to bring this to awareness is that this person is on no other rampage other than she uh, she just wants to make money, cash injections. Um, and I'm just quite disgusted that her whole framework and her business and her brand is femininity and honesty and uh, yuck, gross. There's so much of it that out there and I think that we're, we're coming to what I would say the close of an era where – We've been hypnotized by the levels of money that are being shouted out that people have made, hypnotized by the marketing, that reliance on, oh, I want to be who you are and I'm going to pay you obscene amounts of money, even though I have no idea if you can help me. Like The coaching industry, and I, I don't necessarily want to pick on it, but that is the main source of the problems that I can see that the coaching industry has relied on that hypnotic marketing, just hoping that, um, oh, I've, I've got the image of the Aladdin where Jafar holds up the the, sti- the, um, the stave with the snake. You will believe this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i having that image right yeah. now because that's what's oh, happening yeah. out there in the world. Yeah. That dangling that, oh, I made 100 mm-hmm. figures. And people go, oh, I want and just running towards that without actually stopping grounding and going is this someone I would want to be like really really want to be honestly put my 
subconscious you decide and actually reflect on this. It's like, do I love their values? Do I align with their vision? Is this someone who I want to emulate in my business? I think if we get past that, that trance, a lot of us will find, oh, fuck, why am I being called into this? I can speak from having yeah. done this way too many times, not being in my consciousness and with it and just running on that feeling, that whole body yes. It's, it's it happens. Like, yeah, no, no, yeah. No. yeah. Get out of that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, I like I teach magnetism and, like, an audience hypnosis type method and so, like, I do want you to be able to harness those gifts. And I like it to, um, if you've seen True Blood, uh, fucking amazing vampire series, but the vampires have this thing where they can actually talk to you. They look you dead in the eye and they say, like, what they want you to believe. And the people are in trance and they're like, yes, I, I do, yeah, yeah. And so in some ways I want to teach that, but with integrity. So you're not just making people, um, you know, do what you want them to do, but you're actually bringing awareness to a different opportunity or different thing that's, you know, they, they're capable of. And in some ways as influencers, that's what they do. And so we do need to harness that skill set, but the way that it is used and manipulated is the thing we need to watch out for. And and like I've done posts in the past talking about soul-driven yes and an ego-driven yes, and there is a huge difference between the two. And a lot of people who regret spending money on coaches have purchased or said yes from ego, not from this soul calling to work with this person or, or what have you. So there is a big difference between that situation. But um, yeah, I feel like I'm just on this crusade. Like I just want to like not call people out to ruin their business or anything like that. It's not that I'm here to just bring negativity to the coaching space. What I want to do is bring awareness to the tactics that are used so that people can like remove that ego driven yes out of their, their body and just be investing and growing their business from a space that feels like their soul is on fire and, and is completely lit rather than this <sighs> driven by, by money and all of that sort of stuff. Like, fuck, love money. Totally. I am not going to ever be someone who shies away from talking about how fucking good money is and how we can do good things when we have money. It's, and I think it's you, Em, that you call the money the amplifier. And, you know, it doesn't change things, it amplifies the way that we can have an impact on the world. And I, I love that. Um, and for anyone who is scared of saying that they want money, well, then why the fuck are you in business? Like, you know, like Come it's a whole topic to of conversation. We'll, we'll but, you out. <laughs> but also, it's like, we cannot be project. completely, yeah, we can't be completely driven by financial success. Otherwise, things are hollow. And I, I think we're in a, a time and space in the world where things are so different now. And it's great and I love it. And, you know, they, yeah, there are businesses where you can be in it just to make money. But if you're dealing with other humans and it's life coaching or if it's healing or, you know, even just business coaching, if it's just all about the money, 
at the end of the day, it's not going to do much for you. Like you need to have some sort of purpose and movement behind all of that. And that's like, you know, I know we're, we're out of time today, but I'm, I love this conversation. And I think that we are in full integrity with the way that we show up and the message that we're sharing out into the world and the way that we do things. And, um, you know, we've got 80 applications of these amazing women who have applied to be on this podcast and a couple of guys who I've already like vetoed completely, like not interested. Um, and it's not because I don't want masculine energy in this space. It's just they're the wrong people to be in the space we want to hold those people that come into our space with the same accountability that we hold ourselves and our clients and so we're not just going to have any old tom dick or harry and i i already have a couple that i've said absolutely like completely yes i want you on our podcast but i'm also looking at the way they're showing up and i'm going to be giving that feedback to them each and individually the reason why we haven't decided that you're right for this podcast are these reasons not to make them feel bad but to bring them into awareness that the way they're showing up is completely reflected as who they are as a human as well um you know and there are a couple that were all about jesus and god and i'm like probably not the, not right the best podcast. but i think everyone's beliefs but uh, yeah just, just know that anyone we bring on we uh, calling them into this space because they can support you and your growth and celebrate you even though you're not in direct, direct connection. We're not going to bring anyone in who's just a big name just because they're famous. Like we're not going to do that. That's not our intention. Like we want to bring these powerful women together, truly authentically powerful women mm-hmm. together who have that spiritual vision, who are spiritually empowered and we're all walking in that same direction. We have different jobs to do within that direction, but you're not going to have someone come on here. You're not going to find yourself here with someone who is famous just to get their name in the space. Like we are dedicated to making this the purest, cleanest, most beautiful circle of people network that we can. Yeah. Absolutely. And we don't actually, like I ask on our podcast application form, like for your social links and stuff, that's not so we can track how many followers you have because we don't give a fuck. Like we don't have a minimum. I know a lot of podcast applications have a minimum of like you need 10,000, you know, email subscribers or followers and blah, blah, blah. I don't care if you have 400 or 400,000. We're actually just looking at your content to see what kind of person you are. We don't care about the numbers. So if you, you know, want to be on this podcast and it's calling to you, please like comment, send us a DM, like um, let us know. We can send you the link because we don't want you to not apply because you're afraid that you don't have the following yet or you don't have these subscribers yet because we do not give a fuck about that because if you have a powerful message to share, that is important to us to give you a platform to get that out there versus worrying about how it benefits us by sharing it with your audience. So we are here to elevate anyone. So anyway. That's, that's for it. those of you who are still here listening after our feminine rants and, and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, this is, this is a space for strong opinions. And, uh, yeah, we love you regardless of your opinions. Just be prepared. We're going to pull them out of you. So, um, yeah. Great to be here. What did you call it? Shoot the shit. Another good shoot the shit episode. And we will see you next time. Yeah. See you on the next episode, guys.